Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1912. This week we've been celebrating the Hilton Head Island Concord Elegance and Motoring Festival that takes place November 5th, 6th, and 7th on beautiful Hilton Head Island. To learn more and get your tickets, go to hhiconcord.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Savannah, Georgia, with a very special guest by the name of Bob Jepson. Bob, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am releasing the clutch. All right. Something you do very well. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, Bob, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you? Well, when I was, uh, I, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia from a very modest family, wanted to go to college and uh, selected the University of Richmond in order to help pay for the fees back in those middle-aged days. <laughs> I worked in a garage uh, either... Uh, greasing cars when they had grease fittings and you had to actually have a grease gun and, and put grease in those fittings or changing oil or changing tires or balancing tires. So for a long, long time, I've been hanging around automobiles and I have to say, uh, loving them every day. Well, you know, that was a good start because the collection of cars you have, and I've seen many of them on Concours lawns, is absolutely spectacular. So I think you still have a little bit of that grease under your fingernails today after all these years. Uh, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to talk more about you and your involvement with the Hilton Head Concours. Bob Jepson was the 2019 Hilton Head Concord Elegance winner, and he's going to be returning this year with a spectacular Stutz that I hope we learn a little bit more about. He had a successful career as an investment banker and then CEO of two New York Stock Exchange corporations. He served on numerous boards and as the director of the United States Internal Revenue Service when Bush was president. He is a lifelong classic car enthusiast with a collection of 20 spectacular, I mean very cool, vintage automobiles uh, that he shown across the country and shared with many of us automotive enthusiasts. Just a few of his favorites include a 1938 Delahaye 135 MS, a 1936 Horsch 853A Special Roadster, a 28 Bugatti Type 46 cab, a 38 Mercedes-Benz 540 cab, and a 1930 Packard 734 Speedster. I told you, this guy knows how to collect cars. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Bob, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give him a little love. Keep your seatbelts on. We're on the lawn. We'll be right back. The best way to protect and preserve your vehicles, along with the meanings and memories and experience that they give you, is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover from my friends at Covercraft. I purchased my first Covercraft cover from my 1967 Gia way back when I was in high school in 1975. At Covercraft.com, you'll find a multitude of indoor options, but it's the sun that you really need to worry about. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Your cover is custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And I've got a great deal for you. If you use the code yeah 21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off compliments of cars. Yeah, that's right. 
10% off. Simply use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Bob, we're back. Let's dive a little deeper into the corner. Now, some of these cars you have might be a little tough to dive into the corner because they are very old, but they are very special. I'd love for you to maybe take us a little bit walk in time. You started this when you were back in college. You were greasing vehicles, working around cars. What brought on this incredible collection of cars that you've acquired over the years and your passion for cars? And I love the fact that you like to share them as well. So grab the wheel. Well, you know, uh, all the way through college, I, as I indicated, I was putting grease in, in grease fittings and keeping these things from rattling and squeaking and, uh, and wearing out as quickly as they'd like to have. Uh, but then when I got to college, I got uh, pretty serious about, after college, but pretty serious about my business career. And it wasn't until I retired at, at age 60 that I had the opportunity to, to really delve into uh, the cars that I had remembered being so special and had heard about all the years that I was uh, spending time uh, uh, building businesses. So at age 60, I began to put a collection together. And uh, it started like most people with a a Model A, and then, well, if you got a Model A, you ought to have a Model T, and <laughs> we had several A's and T's, and then one day, I found uh, a, a much nicer car, a Chrysler, that was a, a beautiful, beautiful dual-cal Phaeton that Chrysler built in 29, and uh, as I got into the nicer cars, it seemed like they would be much more fun to collect, and would give me an opportunity to go to the really wonderful shows and be able to show a car that people enjoyed seeing. Usually the T's and the A's are kind of told to go someplace else, don't come to the big concourse. So when I was about 60, which was about 20 years ago, I really began to put the collection together in earnest. And you have mentioned some of them earlier in your dialogue. They have been an inspiration. Uh, You know, people ask me often, what is your favorite car? And my answer is always the same, the one I'm driving. <laughs> you drive one because of not only the mood you're in, but the the weather that day and where you want to go and what you, what you want to achieve. So, you know, they're all my favorites, but we have put together a collection of very 
special cars and in some cases owned by some very special people. No doubt. Uh, you and I talked earlier about Fatty Arbuckle and his uh, his 1919 uh, uh, exhibition of his personality and his wants in life. And I've got uh, a, a car that was owned by Jack Dempsey, which is another uh, just a beautiful big car. And uh, but we don't, you know, we don't show that much. It's really those that are so exotic and. I'm finding in today's concourse world that people love seeing the overseas cars, the uh, the beautiful German cars, the beautiful French and Italian cars. So that's where the collection has began to drift. And, uh, of course, they're more expensive cars, but they are rare and uh, are always a big hit wherever people see them. Are most of your cars cars from the 30s? Most of the cars are in the 30s. I have one that I bought for my wife, which is a Chrysler, a, a 47 Chrysler Woody. That is a, just a beautiful car. It's a convertible, and uh, it was. It's unusual because it was built right after the Second World War, and the wood that was used in these special Woodies made by Ford and Chrysler is usually the wood that uh, that the cars were shipped in or parts were crated in. So you've got just gorgeous, gorgeous wood on these cars, but the doors weigh 250 to 400 pounds each. Oh, my so gosh. They, they're really built very substantial because of the weight of the wood. No doubt. But they're lovely cars. Yeah, spectacular. Now, la uh, not last year because we were all locked down last year, but 2019, your car was the Hilton Head Concours winner. What was that vehicle? That's, that's a very special car. It's a one-of-a-kind Mercedes. It's a 540K, but it has a Normom body on it. The uh, The car was bought by a, a, a very well-known Swede at the time, who wanted a Swedish body on his car. So he bought the running gear from, from Mercedes, and he had Normalm, a Stockholm-based bodybuilder, build the body for that car. So it's a 540K that is six inches wider than anything that Mercedes put on its frame. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's, just a, it's just a beautiful car. He was a, a bachelor, he had lots of girlfriends, and he wanted a wider car so he could seat three people comfortably in the front of the car. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy how what people think and, and, and how that manifests itself in what they build. But the car is just, it's a beautiful car. It won at Hilton Head last year. It also took best of show in Canada last year. And wherever we take the car, it's uh, it's just it's a wow of a car and fun to look at and really fun to drive. It's got the 540K engine, which is, you know, it's not a speed engine, but it's certainly an engine with a, enough horsepower to move the car to, at a good clip and do it comfortably. So we love the car. No doubt. And I know this year at Pebble Beach, a 540K won best of show, right? A 38, I believe it was. That's what I heard, yes. yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Now, you're going to be bringing a Stutz this year to Hilton Head, and thank 
goodness Hilton Head is happening this year and people can get out and enjoy these cars. And, and, you know, it's people like you, Bob, that share your cars that make these events possible. Tell us about the Stutz that you're bringing. The Stutz is a, it's just a beautiful 1920 Model H Stutz. Uh, you know, Stutz represented with its Bearcat series, and this is a Stutz Bearcat, it represented a fun time in the auto industry in terms of the clientele that bought the car. Mm-hmm. The, the cabin is just wide enough for two people and two people who want to sit very close. So as you can imagine, these cars were very popular with the college set. Mm-hmm. Because it has no doors, you climb up on a step on the side of the car into the cockpit, and uh, and if you've got your sweetheart there, I mean, <laughs> it's real close. Yeah, and uh, it's got a lovely four-cylinder engine in it. The gear shift and the and the uh, handbrake are outside the body because the body is so small, and it uh, it'll get down the road at a pretty good clip. It's a convertible, obviously, and uh, so the wind blows your hair. <laughs> the smile next to you it creates electricity throughout throughout the driver, and uh, you just have a great afternoon in your studs. It sounds like fun a car to to ride in for sure. The Hilton Head Concours is a wonderful event because it takes place over a number of days, November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And there's a multitude of events that are going to be happening with this. Of course, the Concours wraps it up on Sunday the 7th. But there's some other fun events that this course has. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those that you like to go? One of them, for instance, is Flights of Fancy they have at the airport, which is kind of a Jets and Cars event, right? It is. I have to say that Hilton Head is one of my favorite shows, and I've been to dozens of shows all over the country. But Hilton Head has a. It's a fun event. You know, it's some of these concours can get pretty serious, and as a consequence, some of the uh, participants get a little uptight. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get uptight at Hilton Head. You're there for a good time. It's in a beautiful part of the country. They have something for everybody. Uh, a week before the concourse itself, they have racing on Hutchinson Island, and all of the Vroom Vroom guys who want whose attraction to the automobile is its racing ability go to a track and just get to wind up their cars a little bit and have a good time spending time on the track. During the week, they have, you go into the city of Savannah. They have a you know a, a group that goes in and you drive the streets of Savannah in in column and uh, that that's fun and then the night before the concourse you go to a uh, as you said uh, flights of fancy fantasy and uh, they have it at the, the local Hilton Head Airport and they have uh, hors d'oeuvres and dinner and not only are there beautiful cars there, but there's some pretty exotic aircraft there as well. And Gulfstream always brings one of its new Gulfstreams over for people to uh, dream about (laughs) and uh, see and touch. So it's quite a week, and it's, it's a week of fun 
and enjoyment for everybody that's there. Oh, yeah. It's a spectacular event. Now, I like to ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations, people that have been mentors or influential in your life. In your case, has there been somebody in your life around the automotive world, the collector world, that really inspired you? Well, in the automotive world, well, there are many in the automotive world that inspire young people. I've been inspired by the judges and by the MCs at these various concours. Uh, you know, Ed Lucas is, uh, he's just a wonderful guy and announces pretty much all during the year when they have concourse. Bill Rothermel is another really, really special guy that loves spending time with people who show their cars. And he's always at a car show talking to the participants and digging into their lives and into their their love of the automobile and usually interviews you know, a dozen people during every show. So, you know, those guys have been inspiring and have been encouraging and have been helpful. You know, Bob, if you really want to get the maximum joy, reach for the finest car that you can own that has the finest pedigree and legacy. Mm. And, you know, I have followed that advice and sure enough, they were right on. The more unusual and the more interesting the car the more people want to see them and hear about them and touch them. And if they're really fortunate, spend a little time in them. Oh, for sure. I would say the announcers are all, they are great ambassadors for the, for the concours um, uh, part of the auto auto industry. Oh, no doubt. For sure. I remember once Jay Leno talking about he only buys cars that have stories behind them. And it could be something as simple as a lifelong ownership of some lady uh, or husband maybe was a Hollywood star or something like this, or doesn't really matter. He just likes the story behind the car. And we know he has quite an eclectic collection of unique automobiles. But I think that's what makes cars more interesting. And when those of us who come up to people like you on Concord Lawns and, and ask about your car and we hear these stories, the Fatty Arbuckle story is a great one. And I've seen that car you're talking about. Uh, It just makes it so much more rich and so forth. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about maybe a challenge in the collecting world you've faced up again. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, 
and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Carsia are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. So let's talk about this a little bit. You know, you had a, a very long and successful career, and I'm sure there was a lot of obstacles in that. But I want to focus on the car collecting side of your life since you started doing that after retirement and started enjoying uh, the fruits of your labor, let's say. Was there one particular car that proved to be a great challenge? Maybe it was in the search for the car. Maybe when you got it, it wasn't what you wanted. Uh, maybe it was in the restoration process of the cars. Or one that really stands out for you that taught you some really valuable lessons? Well, there are several, but I'm going to digress just a little bit and give you an answer that you probably don't expect. Okay. When I was 16 years old, I had the opportunity to buy a 1954 Ford convertible. It was a black car with a white top, and it had a green interior. And I, when I was seeing my wife as a young man who just fell head over heels uh, for this young lady. I had that convertible, and I think, you know, ultimately I married that young lady, and I think mm-hmm. in big part because of that 54 Ford convertible. It was the first year that Ford had an overhead valve engine. They had been flatheads before, and it just drove smooth. It sounded smooth, and I tried to be as smooth as that car every time I had my girlfriend, who's now my wife, in that car. <laughs> so I have great uh, gratitude to Ford Motor Company for building a car that helped me sweep my wife off her feet. Wow. Well, that isn't like a challenge at all, although maybe you had to convince her to marry you. But at 16, you met your wife. So how many years have you two been married now? 58 years. Holy cow. Well, my hat's off to you. My wife and I just celebrated our 37th, so I've got some catching up to do with you, my friend. Well, I have to tell you, it's only going to get better. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> That's good to know. As long as I do what I'm told, things te- seem to work out pretty well for me, so uh, I just stick with that. Actually, my grandfather, he and my grandmother were married for 72 years. Wow. Yes, and when I got married, uh, he, I asked him, what is your best advice, Grandpa, for a long, successful marriage. And he said, oh, that's easy. Just do what she tells you to. And my grandmother jabbed him in the ribs and said, don't lie to the boy, Bill. And right. uh, and then he, he got very serious, which he rarely ever did. And he said, here's, here's the secret, Mark. Make sure that you're always willing to give more than you ever expect back and everything will be wonderful. The man gave you great advice and it worked. It did. So far, it's worked really well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. So that 54 cord from our Ford convertible, well, that sounds like something very special. Amazing. I mean, meeting your, your wife at 16 years of age. And that was how old my grandfather was when he met his wife. She was 14. He was 16. So uh, there you go. When you look ahead at a bucket list item for you, uh, is there... Something ahead that you want to do with your cars, this could be a tour, a rally, an event you want to attend, or maybe it's a car you kind of have a twinkle in your eye for. Well, I I will tell you, I'm getting, I've kind of fallen into my bucket list in terms of cars. 
because what I had hoped to do with the cars is one, enjoy them personally, but to be able to share very rare cars and cars with very rare histories with the public at large. And it seems like the car clubs on the East Coast have heard that and discovered it. So I usually have three or four large car clubs come to the so we keep these cars at a farm in, in multiple garages. These car clubs come to the farm every year for a lunch and just to roam among the cars and hear the stories. Nice. And I've got two more um, uh, scheduled for this year, one just before, well, both actually, just before the Hilton Head Concourse. So, you know, my bucket list is being able to have something very rare and preserve it and uh, to be able to share it with those who have a common interest in automobiles and enjoy being around them and hearing about them and playing with them. So I'm I'm living my bucket list. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to do. Absolutely. And, and I've said it before in our talk today, uh, it's people like you that share your vehicles that keep the spirit going and, and bringing young people around these cars to expose them and make them aware that this is what people actually had back in the day. And here's what makes the car special is a, a really big key part of it. Now, I'm not going to ask you about your favorite car because you've already said it's the one you're driving. I would like you to pick maybe just one car out of your collection today that you find rather unique, stands out for you, and share a couple things about that vehicle. Okay, happy to do that. Uh, my first French car was a Delahaye, an MF-130 Delahaye, which was built in, oh, I think that one was built in 1938. It's a very special car. It's a it's a hard top and very rare. It's got um, a hundred and sixty horsepower engine in it because it was used. That model was used for racing, and uh, this one I think raced several times, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a cream white. It has a red interior with cream piping. The car. I can't even begin to tell you how special it is to drive that car. It's got what is known as a Kotal transmission and shifter in it. So it's all electric. So when you're driving the car, the gear shift lever is about an inch and a half long, and it has a knob on it, and it's up on the post near the steering wheel, and you just flip it into the gear you want, and instantaneously the car electrically shifts and you're gone. Wow. So no no reaching down and clutching and turning and pushing a big rod. You can do it with your finger. And it was, uh, that type of transmission was very popular uh, in the early racing days. The car is such a joy to drive. It is very light. It's got an aluminum body on it. Uh, and 100, as I said, 160 horsepower engine overhead valve driven by three uh, three carburetors and it, the steering is so easy you just feel like gosh I'm a part and you sit down low in the car so you feel like you're a part of the automobile itself you're not a driver telling the car what to do but you and the car are deciding what to do together because it is so much fun and uh, you know I just uh, the French and that Delahaye uh, wow. It's got a Fagoni and Filoski body on it, which was a custom body by a French 
a bodybuilder, and uh, that I just love the car, just absolutely love it. The car uh, has a long story. It was shown at Paris in 1937. Uh, it was a favorite there. A fellow bought it, and within a very short period of time, maybe in a short period of time, within the year, he became aware that there were people coming to France that France didn't particularly want, but they were coming anyway. So he hid the car. He uh, he had a farm outside of Paris, and he hid the car in a false room that was built onto a barn, and the car stayed there for years, and it was inherited by his daughter. The car was finally discovered in 1980. Wow. I mean, the car had been stored for 40 years. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the fellow who found it uh, had it restored, and sure enough, he sold the car to uh, a German family. So, <laughs> so it ended up back in Germany anyway. <laughs> it, it ended up in Germany anyway. Wow. The German family had it for a while, and then it came to it came to the United States, and uh, uh, the fellow who owned it here died, and I was able to buy it about four years ago. Wow. The car is in perfect shape. It's just just absolutely perfect shape, and um, I think it's. And I don't want the other cars to hear this, but it's one of my favorites. <laughs> we, we won't. We won't tell them. I've seen that vehicle, and that car has won a couple awards at Best in Show at Ontario. Uh, it was at uh, Greenbrier. I mean, it's been in a bunch of events. And what I love about the car, that grill has the French flag painted pretty much in the grill. Part of it's blue, then white, and then red. It, it's got the French. It's got the French tri. Well, you you do know this. You I know do the car. know this it's got car. The French. Yes. It's got the French tricolors in the grill. Yep. And it's obviously a French car, and then it started in France, and it went back to France when an American uh, owned it and had a complete restoration, and they did a magnificent job. It's lovely to drive, it's lovely to look at, and it's got this really very interesting history about how a car survived because of a Frenchman who said, you know, this car is worth saving, it's a custom-made car, and I'll hide it, and it... uh, even though he hit it and preserved it well, it ended up for a short time in Germany anyway. But <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> th- then came to the United States, and it's won, uh, it's won Best of Show down in, at Boca. It won Best of Show up in Canada. The car is just, it's uh, it's something to see, and uh, it, it's just a lovely car. So yeah. I won't say it's my favorite, but I'll let you glean from the excitement in the conversation <laughs> that it's a special car. We won't mention it around your other cars for sure. You don't want them to get jealous, that's for sure. Now, I'm going to be your car psychologist today. This is a very unique question that I'll bet no one's ever asked you before. If you were manifest as a vehicle, your personality, not what you want to be, but who you really are, the man in the mirror, what kind of car or what car would Bob Jepson be, but more importantly, why? Yeah, that's you know that is a fascinating question, and and I'm not going to monopolize your show all day answering <laughs> it, but I will tell you that most people have personalities that are very multi multifacetic. In other words, sometimes they're blue, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you know when the sun is shining, they're in a different mood than when it's raining. And I would say for a nice day. 
Um, you know, when you want to go someplace and you're not in a hurry to get there, but you just want to enjoy the drive. You know, we have several cars that fit into that category, but I tend to like the larger car. We have an Isoda Froschini that is, I swear, it's a block long, and it's a convertible, <laughs> and it is so big and so <clears throat> so beautiful to drive. It's uh, it's a massive car, and you know when you're driving that car, you kind of have the feeling, well, this is really nice. The world is all mine today, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, you know you you have other cars that uh, you know when you're in a different mood, they're kind of fun because they're compatible with the mood and when i drive the uh when i drive the mercedes i have it's a beautiful day and it's much like the Isoda. i'm going to enjoy the day and put the top down but then uh then when you drive you know i i have a bugatti and a bugatti is let's get there in a hurry and let's do it in style so, you know, that that a different kind of feeling altogether and a different part of the personality. It's called I want to get there. But uh, in every case, the automobile, no matter what you're, my mood, I've got an automobile that seems to be compatible with making that mood better or getting the most out of it. <laughs> no doubt. So, <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, one of the things that I talk about here with my guests is giving back and helping other people. When you think about the old cars that you have, one of the concerns many people talk about is, will there be people in the future interested in these vehicles when we're all long gone, the young people? And I know the charity for the Hilton Head Concours is what they call Driving Young America, D-Y-A, empowering youth through automotive education in community outreach. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, of how we encourage and bring young people into the hobby so that these vehicles have caregivers and caretakers in the future. Well, you know, that's a fascinating question because in the 15 years, 15, maybe 20 years that I've been in this game, I've noticed a change. And and it's inevitable because, you know, young people become adults and adults become older adults. And their tastes are based upon their time as young people and what they're used to and what they've grown up with. And I'm finding that the really older cars, while they have very a very special attraction, are being uh, crowded a little bit by the more the younger cars and the newer cars mm-hmm. that seem to be that have great appeal to the younger people that are coming into the hobby. Yep. So, uh, so you know, it, I hope that, and and uh, of course, you know, there are now more modern cars that are old enough to be considered for the concours, and it's kind of strange for me to see a 1970 car. Yes. <laughs> uh, in a concours, when gosh, I thought these were for older cars that were back in the 30s and the 20s, and uh, but. You know, the the world is changing, and I think that's good. But what is the future for the older cars? I think they will appeal to people who are looking at cars as a relic of the past, the older cars as a relic of the past, mm-hmm. and the more modern cars, something that they could actually get in and enjoy and drive. Yeah. So, you know, I the world is changing, and I think it's, probably changing more than in just cars. I think maybe that's part of the aging process. But uh, 
for me, these old cars have been fun. There's still enough people around that care about them and are fascinated by them that we can show them and show them with passion on our part and passion by those who hear the story and see the car. Absolutely. That's why I like the uh, the charity group that Hilton Head's doing, because I've learned by bringing young people to these events and involving them, they then learn about it. And when we learn about things, we become interested in them. I started taking my son to Pebble Beach when he was about seven years old. I actually carried my daughter on the lawn at Pebble Beach when she was eight months old. Uh, maybe that was too early because she really doesn't have much of an interest in cars, but my son certainly does. In fact, he uh, wiggled his way into a Jaguar C-Type and got to drive onto the lawn with the owner of that car by simply asking him if he could ride in in his car. Uh, so there you go. And now to this day, he has an interest in old cars and fun. He even got himself a ride in a Ferrari on the racetrack at Laguna Seca by just walking up and saying, I like your car. Can I go for a ride? So there you go. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah, take young people with you. Is well, there... I think I'm going to follow his lead on that. Well, yeah, I told him, I said, I've never been able to ride onto the lawn at Pebble Beach. Gee whiz, and I've gone for 30 years in a row. So what's with that? Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners today, Bob, that you've uh, enjoyed or learned a lot from? No, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to shovel that off to a, a different kind of response okay. if I can. <laughs> yes. Somewhere in your list of potential questions was, do you have a poem, or and, and this is relative to books, do you have a poem or book that has moved you? And yeah. I have a favorite uh, poet by the name of Stephen Grelet, G-R-E-L-L-E-T. He was a French-American Quaker who lived between 1772 and 1855. Wow. A few years ago, and his words of wisdom were, and I think all of us that get older find his words of wisdom much more meaningful and much more real. And what he wrote was, I expect to pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any fellow creature, let me do it now. Let me not defer nor neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Wow. And as, as we get older, we realize that we're not going to pass this way again, at least I don't think we are. And uh, any good that we can do, any young mind that we can can uh, help develop by sharing something that we've experienced, like the automobile with them, maybe that will light a fire that will be important in their lives as they grow older, and maybe they'll share that when they get a lot older with some young young person who's at that malleable age as well. Would it be wonderful if everyone thought like Stephen Grelay? Yeah, that's a wonderful thought. I had not heard that before. I'll have to look him up and read more of his poems. You know, I love to ask my guests about what I call the ultimate drive. Now, this is something you've probably done many ultimate drives, but just for today, if you could pick any vehicle in the world to go on a drive in, which vehicle would it be and who would you be with, living or deceased? Well, who would it be with? Well, you know, I uh, <laughs> I mentioned this earlier, and I think my, my last drive, if I have, and I will have a last drive, and I hope it's not today, but if I have a last drive, I'd like to, once again, load my darling bride into a <laughs> 1954 Ford, and I'd, 
<laughs> I'd like to put the top down and say, honey, it's been a hell of a ride. There you go. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> uh, you're romantic, Bob. I love that. That's very, very cool. Are there any final parting since you gave us that wonderful uh, poem uh, from Stephen? Is there any parting words of thought you might share with our listeners today to entice them to take the trip, enjoy the time to go to the Hilton Head Concours? Yeah, I hope they... I hope that people will not only go to the Hilton Head Concours, but concours in their local areas, because, you know, during the spring, the summer, and the fall, these things pop up all over the country. And it's a nice way to spend the day with people who appreciate the automobile, who appreciate the outdoors, and are looking just to lighten their spirit and uh, do something different and exciting. And I would, I would hope that your listeners will be encouraged to join that crowd and get uh, get a really enjoy a nice day, and otherwise, what can be um, trying and uh, busy times. Absolutely, it's a, it's a lovely hobby, and I would encourage people to embrace it. And you'll meet some wonderful people, and I'd encourage your your listeners to embrace them as well. No doubt, you'll meet wonderful people like Bob. Jepson, who we've talked to today, and he'll share all sorts of wonderful stories with you about his magnificent cars. Bob, thank you for sharing your vehicles. Thank you for sharing your time today. Uh, I encourage all you listeners to check out the Hilton Head Concours, the Elegance and Motoring Festival. Again, it takes place November 5th, 6th, and 7th on the beautiful Hilton Head Island. If you can make your way there, that is a wonderful way to spend a few days. And a big shout out to President of the Hilton Head Concours, Lindsay Harrell, for connecting with Bob today. Lindsay has brought me some great guests this week. Bob, thanks for taking some time with us today, for sharing your experiences and your passion for cars. This has been a delight. Until we talk again, I'll see you at the Hilton Head Concorde Elegance and Motoring Festival. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!